When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. That was a fun morning we had across the network, to say the least. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80 on this Friday. Hello, Joseph. Fun Friday indeed. Fun Friday indeed. I don't know where you want to begin because it all started moving in one direction this morning and then there was an abrupt pivot in the last hour. Pivot! 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 And it happened because of everything that was going on this morning. That's exactly where we will start. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and we want you to be a part of the program. You can do it on the phone lines at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, or you can do it on social media, at Carlin versus Joe on Twitter, at Joe Fortenbaugh, at Chris Carlin. So, our day began after last night's game of LeBron and AD sitting out against the Celtics, and yet somehow the Lakers, thanks to seven threes from Austin Reeves, find a way to beat the Celtics at full strength up in Boston, which, I mean, let's call it what it is, an embarrassing loss for the Celtics. But it started to lead to conversations after we factored in LeBron's hourglass tweet from early in the week. What does it mean? We don't know what it means. What could, is his time winding down in LA? Why is he tweeting that? Is he oh on my the toilet goodness. with nothing else to do? Intrigue, mystery around the game's greatest player. Well, that led, of course, to the natural discussion with the trade deadline one week away. Is it possible that you could possibly Possible and possibly. Well, could you're you doing talk well. about? Keep it going. You're doing well. I'm. I got it. You're I'm cooking. following. You're cooking. Yeah. Uh, let the man cook. Could they actually consider trading LeBron James and Alan Hahn? All in. I would start fielding offers for LeBron James <laughs> because that's the best thing you have. It's the most valuable piece tradable commodity that you have and of course it's not going to happen twitter so don't bother responding to me i already know it ain't happening all right x twitter instagram snap face whatever it is just trust me i get it but if we're looking at it logically the lakers don't have assets they don't have enough to build a championship team for a 39-year-old superstar who's still giving you 25, 7, and 7, shooting 50%. He still can play at a superstar level. But it's not going to be enough, whatever you do, to get another championship. So the discussion begins. And we in sports radio and in society in general start eating that sucker up for breakfast today. The idea. We're all The over. idea of trading him three days before the Super Bowl. As revenge for the NFL taking over Christmas Day. (laughs) Too juicy to be ignored. Oh, it would be magical. It would be magical. You almost have to do it. If if LeBron James, just quick hypothetical, if he was traded on the Thursday before the Super Bowl, how much of the shine could he take off the Super Bowl spotlight? Oh, my God. Are you kidding? He could own Thursday and probably Friday. Can he still own the weekend? Not Sunday, but can he own Saturday? 
Absolutely. What you do in Le- if you're in LeBron's case there is you have your first press conference with your new team on Saturday. You do it right around 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern. <laughs> right around 6 Eastern during the national anthem. <laughs> on Sunday, yeah. Uh, Sunday, yeah. Let me get everybody else paying attention. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a conspiracy theory for you. And ladies and gentlemen, that's it for me on this Brian Friday. Carlin, you got the caboose. Unfortunately, I need you to stick around because <laughs> within the last half hour or so, there's been a big old fork put in this one by one Rich Paul, who, of course, is the agent for LeBron James. And he spoke with Brian Windhorst, our ESPN senior NBA writer, and told him LeBron won't be traded and we aren't asking to be. A moment. Should we have a moment of silence for the LeBron being traded topic for the next week? I, I can have a moment of silence because it could have been it could have been something. I mean, think about the idea of Radio Row itself actually exploding. Literally exploding. If that happened. Is it possible? I mean, in flames. Is it possible Rich Paul reached out to Wendy to say that there would be no trade in order to drive up the trade price? People want Hmm. what they can't have. Hmm. I think that this, I think all Rich Paul did was fuel the trade speculation more. Yeah. I think it's happening. Oh, you're out of your mind. I think he's going to Charlotte. (laughs) You... (laughs) I think, he's, I think Charlotte's finally ready to become a player. <laughs> oh, my God. We're, we're, That's it for me, everybody. Carlin's got the caboose. It is a fun day, though. He's going to Charlotte. It, it, I know, Molly. <laughs> the fact that he is, in fact, traded, but he goes to Charlotte. Um, LeBron I, James is a Washington wizard. <laughs> what could they have possibly sent back? 100% equity in the organization. That's what they sent back. <laughs> it's the only way that deal was getting done. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny to discuss. Fun to discuss yes. because that's one of the things about the NBA that we always get a kick out of. Player movement has become more and more prominent over the last decade plus since LeBron took his talents to South Beach. So we always indulge in these conversations in the offseason. We got Damian Lillard and whether or not he'd end up in Miami only to end up in Milwaukee. The idea that LeBron possibly, you know, we kicked it around a little bit this morning. To me, it was always the idea of I've never seen him leave anyone in the lurch. He left Cleveland. People knew it was coming to an extent. He went to Miami, but he did so after the season. He left Miami after the season. He left Cleveland again after the season. I can't see him ever being the type of guy that just halfway through the season, I'm done with you losers. I want out. Even he, that's just not, he, he'll go start fresh. He won't do it in the middle of the season. No, I, I would never see the part. I'm the only winner on the team. The rest of them are losers, either by choice or by birth. Didn't yeah. see it coming. <laughs> Liked it even more as a result. Well, it does leave the question, though. If that's not happening, then what do the Lakers do at this point? Because we do Very have... Very real question right there. Yeah, Very real I, and question. I know you don't like indulging in things that are actual, <laughs> but for a moment, humor me, if you will. What are you thinking? Well, there's been so much talk around DeJounte Murray, but I I just don't understand how the Lakers are able to get anything significant done between now and then with giving up an asset that, you know, somebody would actually want. They can only trade one first-round pick between now and the deadline, and that is like 2028. So with that being the case, what are tradable commodities on the Lakers right now do you want D'Angelo Russell on your team? 
He's the name. He's the name that keeps getting floated. But at the same time, the Lakers were just in Atlanta. Did you hear the the fans chanting? They were chanting, "We." I, I don't quote me on this, but they know that this trade is possible, and they were chanting something like, "We don't want you." Yeah. Like they don't. I don't quote me, but it was something along the lines of them trying to give a. They don't want D'Angelo Russell in a trade. I think people have seen Russell all over the league. He's shown flashes, but he plays no defense. And if you're Atlanta, when DeJounte Murray came in, that was supposed to be the piece that put you over the top. That kind of restored that run you had had previously where you made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. Remember that? Like, you yeah. thought the Hawks were going to be the next big thing, and then they fizzled out. So they go make the trade for Murray to strengthen the backcourt, and it never ends up working. So if you're going to move on from him, the Hawks are going to want to see something solid in return. And sending D'Angelo Russell their way isn't going to get them excited because D'Angelo Russell has always been the guy that's been traded as like, uh, we need to get rid of him. It's yeah. not some team that's like, hey, what can we do to get D'Angelo Russell? It's more of a, here's D'Angelo Russell as a throwaway to make this trade work. It was That's how the Warriors did the Wiggins deal. Like, they had to move the contract. So, if you're Atlanta, I, see, I can't see you getting excited. Austin Reeves could possibly get you excited, but do the Lakers want to deal him? He's balling. Yes. Why would you want to trade away a shooter? Because that's something that the Lakers have needed. Over the last few years, they have they have actually needed that kind of a uh, an asset for them. If you're even thinking about like, well, maybe there's some expiring contracts. No, D'Angelo Russell has got a player option for next year at eighteen million dollars. So while that may not seem like all that much money, again, is it somebody that you want around? It's not an attractive an attractive asset at all. So. Once again, I, I asked this question, where do they go to actually get over the hump? Now, look, Joe, I have bought into the idea for a long time, uh, especially after what we saw last year, that as long as they get in, they can do some damage. Okay? It's clear. But they're going to run into a brick wall in the, in the West. There is nothing right now that the Lakers can do, I would argue even with DeJounte Murray, that is really going to make them competitive with the Nuggets in the West or give them a chance to get to the finals. Nothing. Not just not just the Nuggets. The Clippers look very formidable. Yeah. And I got to imagine between Minnesota and OKC, one, if not both, are going to be very difficult outs in the playoffs. Maybe one is a regular season front runner because they're, the, they're the top two teams in the West right now. Maybe it turns out one isn't that formidable in a seven-game series. But I'd say at least one of them is going to be, if not both. Because I think they very I, – I, I, OKC is going to be a very tough out in the postseason. Mm-hmm. I, I don't disagree. It's just are they experienced enough to actually get right. over the hump against a team like that? Like That's why I talk about the Nuggets kind of separately from everybody else. You're right about the Clippers, but I'm still going to sit here and be somewhat skeptical about the Clippers staying healthy uh, long enough this season to be able to continue to do this. Just, you know – based on history. Another name to throw out there. You threw out DeJounte Murray. Keep an eye on Dorian Finney-Smith oh. as well. That's another yeah. 3 and D wing that but, could help them with an upgrade. Again, back to your point, what what are you going to give up to get him? Well, but that's I, a possible move as well. There were reports out there that the Nets had actually turned down two first-round picks for him. Oof, okay. Like, I, if that could happen, great. I, 3 and D, would be a, I think it would be a great fit for them. I just, I don't see how. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. We're going to get more insight on this with Wendy, who's going to join us 20 minutes from now. And I, I am curious. I, 
I don't know if it's going too far inside the um, reporter discussions with a source, although Rich Paul put his name to it. We're not getting traded. Did Rich Paul watch, get up, and then first take, and then say, you know what? Let me just nip this sucker in the bud. Stephen A. had a full-on pitch to get him to New York. It was a yeah. full-on pitch. Well, I mean, we're flying if you're a Nick fan right now. Yeah, oh There's yeah. no question about that because, you know, after years of striking out, one NBA team has finally found their superstar, and now you'd have to say legit title contender. Carlin versus Joe is presented by Progressive Insurance. Get a business insurance quote online in as little as six minutes. Visit ProgressiveCommercial.com. It's all next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. win their ninth consecutive game. They defeat the Pacers by the score of 109 to 105. Just found a way to win in the end. The defense was good. The rebounding was good. And it was just a hard-fought win. I'm very uncomfortable with a smiling Tom Thibodeau. I, I really am. It's, it's not something I want to see. It feels creepy because you never see it. But dear God, we've seen it so much over the last couple of weeks because Joe... For the first time in 25 years, and I know what I'm saying here, Carmelo Anthony, the New York Knicks are relevant. Oh, relevant. oh, that's what you're going for. Well, look out, Carmelo a, Anthony, a little shrapnel on this Groundhog Day. Well, it's not just a swipe at Carmelo Anthony. It's just a, a happy little sidebar to it. Um, no, this is <laughs> this is Jalen Brunson who has made the New York Knicks relevant. It has been an amazing free agent signing that they made last year. He has been off the charts great, 40 points last night. And with our guy, Alan Hahn, after the game, after they beat the Pacers and continue to roll with their ninth in a row, 
pretty much in tears. The night started with you being named to your first All-Star game. Just talk about the journey you've been on and how it has reached this point now where you're on the garden floor hearing MVP chants and you're going to the All-Star game. I mean... I I got nothing to say. I got nothing to say. And Joe, with eight and a half minutes left, he comes in. The Knicks are down, uh, I think they're down four or five at the time. And he scores 11 points over the last eight minutes. And the Knicks win the game. Yeah, I had the Pacers. I don't need to relive it. Sorry. I'm not trying to bring that down either. I want you to succeed. But (laughs) point is simply this. I never knew that I'd be saying this, but here we are. The Knicks are a legitimate contender in the East. How legitimate? That's the follow-up to that question. How legitimate? Right now, they look good. Midway point of the season, top 10 offensive efficiency, top 10 defensive efficiency, top 10 candidate for MVP, Red Hot having won nine straight games, big trade for OG Ananobi that's put the defense over the top in the month of January, now leaking into February. And he didn't even play last night. Exactly. Neither did Julius Randle, and they still won that game, despite the fact that it was their third game in four nights, I believe. But, 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 but. How legit when you get into the postseason against Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, healthy and beat. Are they in that tier? Are they up there? Like, how do you tier it? The Knicks can go to the conference finals. Okay, they can be final four. Interesting. Yeah, the Knicks can go to the conference finals. Part of that has to do with the Knicks. Part of that has to do with not believing that the Sixers are actually going to get over the hump here. And part of that has to do with some skepticism about what's going on in Milwaukee. But there's no doubt in my mind that right now the Knicks are absolutely capable of being a conference finals team. You have to be able to play defense in the postseason to have a shot. Yep. The 50 teams that played in the last 25 NBA finals, of those 50 teams, 40 ranked in the top 10 in defensive efficiency. The Knicks are top five. The Knicks play defense. In the modern era of the NBA, I've been saying this all week, I'll continue to say it, Offense is your floor these days. Mm -hmm. That's your floor. What can you bring on the defensive end of the court? And that's what they have. Whether or not Tim's manages them properly so they have enough gas left in the tank come playoff time, that'll be an interesting watch down the stretch. But I love the idea that the Knicks handled their roster acquisition, handled their roster building before the deadline, giving them their team. Like they picked up Ananobi with a month until the trade deadline, with a Mm -hmm. month plus until the All-Star break. Give them time to gel. Give them time to get into a routine. I mean, the results in January were incredible. Could you have possibly thought that OG Ananobi was going to have this kind of an impact on No. Uh, Me? No. No. Positive impact, yeah. I mean, the, the, the fit looked solid, but not to the point where we'd be sitting here a month later having this discussion. They're red hot right now. They're playing fantastic basketball. Jalen Brunson's a top, what, six candidate for MVP? Could be a year something like that happens as well. Let me run this by you. 65-game threshold, which everyone's been talking about nonstop. That creates a little bit of chaos when it comes to the bookmakers trying to put prices on these guys. Bookmakers want stability. Bookmakers want the status quo because their models and their way of doing business works with the status quo, but you introduce a little anarchy. You introduce a little chaos into the mix. They've got to scramble like the rest of us do. And this 65-game threshold is something we're all going through the first time. 
Joel Embiid, a legit MVP candidate, might not qualify. What happens if there's an injury to Nikola Jokic? What happens if there's an injury to Shea Gilgis-Alexander, the other two who are at the top of the board in the MVP race? Jason Tatum's 40-1. to Jalen Brunson's sitting there 50-1. to They could very well win. One of them. Are you going to do this to me? You're going to do this to me again. What's that? You're going to make me go in on Jalen Brunson right now, like we did with Joe Burrow. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like I did last year buying into Micah Parsons, like we did with Tyreek Hill. Is this? Well, I want to start by saying I was not a part of Micah Parsons or Tyreek Hill. Those were terrible bets. Those are on you. You were not saying Tyreek Hill was a terrible better. Joe, Joe, Joe Burrow's on me. I told everyone to bet him, and then he immediately was lost for the season. Micah Parsons, I'm going to own it. That one was on me last year. It's on me. It's on me. Evan Wilner will tell you it was on me, I'm sure. Uh, Evan, we got into the Tyreek discussion, too. But here's my point. Do I do this? Well, how, how big a story is Brunson nationally? It seems like it's picking it's up. It's not there yet, but it's going to grow if the Knicks are actually back. 27 points, four rebounds, six assists per game. Knicks are a – what seed are they right now? They're are they three, the four they're seed? They're a three seed. Right? Three, three seed. seed. All right. right You're going to need high seeding. That's normally one of the criteria. Very rare does a mid to low seed win this thing. If you go back a few years ago, Russell Westbrook won as a six seed. That's rare. Embiid last year was, what, a three seed, I think? I believe so, yeah. He may have been. If he wasn't, he was a two seed. He's right in there. You're going to need to be up there. So the Knicks are checking that box. But I don't know. I don't know if the numbers are going to be enough. When you go into things like player efficiency rating, um, expected wins added, Brunson isn't in the top 20. And I know a lot of fans don't care about that. They don't pay attention to that, and they don't need to. But those are some of the advanced metrics that determine a player's value. But I think there's a fair counter to that. Uh, The eye test. I'm watching these games, and Jalen Brunson's balling. And you know what? It's hard to argue because I can look at a spreadsheet all day long and make a case, but I put on the Knicks. That guy's playing, and he's a big reason why they are where they are right now. Well, to your point on the seeding, the Sixers were a three seed last year. Okay. And right now in the East, between two and five, with the Bucs, the Knicks, the Cavs, the Sixers, you've got a total of one game in between them all, right? So the Knicks are sitting there a half game behind the Bucks for the two seed, but just as easily could end up being the four or the five. And that knocks you out just based on what these other teams are doing. Does Brunson have like a 50-point night yet this season? It feels like he it feels like he's gonna need one of those games. It feels like all the MVP, the true MVP candidates have a way of putting up that like 40-20 night or that 50-point night. Like Luka's been doing it all season. He's in the top four for the MVP race. We see Jokic routinely put up 30-point triple doubles like it's nothing. Brunson's going to need one of those if he doesn't have one already. He's going to need one when we're not paying attention to football is what I'm saying. He had one against uh, Phoenix. He had 50 in the middle of December. Okay. But that's when we're all paying attention to football. Yeah. Uh, he's got a 42, a 41, a 45 uh, back in no, early November. Damn, he's having a season. Yeah, he is. We're going to need a 60-burger, though. We, I mean, you might need the double nickel at least, right? Might need to drop 55 on somebody on national TV. Look, look at us just so casually talking about what he needs to do to get on our list. Tomorrow, <laughs> national TV against the Lakers on ABC, on ESPN Radio. There's your spot.
I mean, what are they up against tomorrow night? Nothing, right? Like, what are they competing against? We got a UFC card, which is nice. I know Handman's excited. 7 p.m. Eastern main card starts. I'll be watching that. He's we in on Lobachenko. That's that I'm fight's guessing. not for months. NHL All Star game on ESPN. NHL All Star game. Okay. All right. So we got some action there. But is is that a night game? Three, four, and five, I believe, are the games because they're three on three tournament. So three is the first, and then three, four, four and five in the afternoon. Yep. Okay. So yeah, uh-huh. paves the way for the next game at night. There you go. Stage is set. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to get LeBron Joe, and Anthony to play tomorrow. Joe, when do I pull the trigger? 50 to 1? You could sprinkle a little bit right now. If he has a big game tomorrow night and everyone's talking about it, it's going to move the price. No, but no, but when do I go big? <laughs> I don't know when you go big. I'm not, but let's not go big on a 50 to 1 long shot. How about go we big just get to me, a couple by the bucks way. on it? Yeah, go big to me, by the way, is 75 bucks. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's okay to have a little bit on that. I played Tatum at forty to one. I think that's a good price. Best player on the best team in the NBA. Didn't Carlin show it last night. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. LeBron James not getting traded. Thanks for ruining our morning, Rich Paul. <laughs> so, how did we get to the point where it was even a question? We're going to find out next. Wendy joins us in moments. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Up top it goes Russell who trains a three. D'Angelo Russell with a triple at 318 to go and you can hear the Lakers fans here in Boston. We know we had to uh, make up for, for any mistakes that anybody had. And a lot of guys made those 50-50 plays that led to this win. Well, the discussions this morning were around the possibility of LeBron James maybe getting traded. So... We find out later that Rich Paul and Brian Windhorst have spoke, spoken, and we find out that that is not going to happen. So we welcome in Brian right now to give us some more perspective on the situation. Of course, he ESPN NBA insider. Brian, Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh, as usual, we appreciate it. And if you're not listening to Brian's Hoop Collective podcast, you are not getting smarter on basketball because I do every single time that I hear it. So let's just start with this, Brian. Rich Paul says LeBron is not going to get traded. So what did you learn from your conversation with Rich this morning? Yeah, I think, uh, look, it just um, the Lakers are in New York. The Knicks are red hot. Um, LeBron had whatever that passive-aggressive tweet was. The Lakers are <laughs> 500, although they're coming off a big win. There starts to be this conversation about what might happen, and I think Rich just wanted to shut it down. I mean, in all honesty, Rich reached out to me. Um, so, um, uh, you know, the thing about LeBron, and I think it's been pretty consistent throughout his whole career, 
Um, he's obviously very savvy about the league. He understands the league very well. Few players have ever understood the league better than LeBron does. He knows that the Lakers are facing an uphill battle, but what LeBron wants, whether it's this year or whether it was seven years ago or 14 years ago, whatever, he wants to maximize his opportunity. He wants to maximize the, oppor- the, the season in front of him, whether that is getting to the second round, whether that is getting to the finals and fighting an uphill battle. He has always tried to maximize that. And I think that's just what he's been trying to do is he's trying to get the Lakers, whether it's the personnel that they've got now or the personnel they could possibly get, he wants to maximize it. And that is the um, way he's always operated. I think that's the way he's operated now. The other thing I would say is LeBron has never, throughout his career, during a season, ever had a wandering eye. He is always, no matter what the future is, and I have no reason to believe it's not in Los Angeles, but LeBron has always been full bore for the team that he um, is playing with. Um, and so... I think Rich just wanted to refocus that, and I think it was a fair it was a fair thing for him to say, and and frankly might have been needed because of just the circumstances of what's going on right now. Oh, more than fair, more than fair, and a smart move nonetheless because we're all obviously having a lot of fun discussing those what ifs. It's always a kick. Like you watch first take and you see Stephen A. Smith talking about him coming to the Knicks. It gets people fired up. It's something that I think we always have a lot of fun with when it comes to the NBA trade deadline, the trade machine, all that good stuff. Obviously, with the Lakers this year, we'll see what happens at the deadline in terms of how they can upgrade that roster. But if things don't go great for Los Angeles between now and the end of the season, you know, he's got that player option after the season ends. Could he then look to maybe a new location or is it the Lakers until until the end? I would just say I'd be very surprised if he doesn't pick up that player option because it's for $51 million. Um, and yeah, he's made a lot of money, but $51 million is a lot. And even if he is a, a player that is highly desired, there's not exactly a lot of teams out there that have $51 million that they can pay him. So I think what's most likely is that he picks up that option and the Lakers try to maximize what they can do over the summer, no matter how this season ends. But I also think it, I wouldn't be doing my job as a reporter to say the following things that are facts. These are not opinions. These are facts. The fact is he has the option to be a free agent over the summer. That's just true. It doesn't mean he's going to do anything with it, but I have to say it. The other thing I will say is that in his time with the Lakers, he has never given himself an option to become a free agent. He has been with the Lakers for six seasons. He has signed three contracts in that time. And none of those times has he ever allowed himself to become a free agent. Now, when he was in Cleveland, and I agree he was younger, but when he was in Cleveland, he was there four years and he gave himself the option to be a free agent three of the four summers he was there. So, um, you know, it, you know, there is some uncertainty. I mean, look, there's uncertainty because he's 39. You know, last year he indicated there was some uncertainty about whether he'd come back. But it, it's, it's important to just point out that those things are true. And you also have the fact that his son is going to, you know, is a candidate to enter the draft and is a decent chance he could be in the NBA next year. And LeBron has said on numerous occasions that playing with his son is important to him. He has said it may not be his son's dream and maybe it won't happen for 10 different reasons. But all of those things are, are you can say to be that are facts that have been said or that are contractual without causing a five alarm fire. But, you know, you do need to, to be aware of them if you're going to be responsible when looking at these teams. 
Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA Insider, joining us. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. All right, so given their limited assets, what could the Lakers look to do to add to this group, to the deadline, to, as you said earlier, maximize the potential of that team? Yeah, so the there's whenever you talk about a situation like this, it's just very, very steeped in nuance, and it doesn't fit into a tweet. It doesn't fit into a headline. It doesn't fit and, into sports radio either, Brian. <laughs> no, it, it kind of does, because this is what I'm going to say. Like, the Lakers could absolutely execute a trade using the first-round draft pick they have, and I say the because they've only got one they're allowed to trade, and they could upgrade the team. However, it's not as simple as saying trade this pick for this player because when you look at the Lakers situation, they don't have four picks that they can trade or six or eight like some of these other teams. They've got one. And so what that means is is that it's very difficult for them to make an incremental improvement by trading that pick. If they're going to trade that pick because of just scarcity, because of value, because of what they already owe from how they've built this team and teams in the past, the level that they need to reach in a transaction is just higher. What a first-round pick trade is worth to the Lakers is just more than it is worth to another team that has four or six or eight to trade. And so when they look to make a trade involving this first-round pick, the, the bar for them to clear is just higher. So that is where that they've, they've sort of, I think, come at a crossroads here. There is a pick package that they probably could do and a, a player package that they probably could trade to get a player that could help them a little bit. But is it worth it? LeBron doesn't care about the 2019, 2029 first-round pick. He doesn't care about a 2030 pick swap. He doesn't care about what the Lakers owe to the, to the Pelicans and the Jazz in 2025 and 2027. That doesn't care. And that's, what, that's his position, and that's fine. It's the Lakers' position that they do have to care about those kind of things. And last year, they were at the same crossroads, and, they, and LeBron you know, applied pressure. They ended up making the deal, and they're in the conference finals. 2018, LeBron was headed towards free agency. Very highly speculated he was going to leave the Cavs. The Cavs were like, well, look, we got to worry about 2022. Like, LeBron, what are you going to do? And LeBron was like, no, I'm trying to win the next five minutes. And they got into a crossroads. LeBron went on like a working strike. Um, and finally, the Cavs relented on deadline day and traded half the team, and they were in the finals. And this is the push-pull that comes with having a great player and having an organization that's got to protect itself seven, eight years into the future. And so we have been here before, and so we are here, and frankly, we are on schedule. This has happened many times in LeBron's career. Terrific, terrific insight, Brian. We appreciate it so much. It's Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA Insider, Hoop Collective Podcast. Subscribe to it now if you haven't already. We appreciate it, man. Thanks. Thanks. Have a good weekend, guys. Absolutely. I tell you everything that you need to know about that situation with LeBron. Meanwhile, everybody's wondering why Bill Belichick was not hired this cycle. And you had seven teams that were looking for a new head coach that he could have gone to. Well, maybe we got the reason why he couldn't land a job. It's next. Carla versus Joe. ESPN Radio, including on the iHeartRadio app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
here we have the greatest coach of all time who's sitting there with a lack of interest. When you have a guy who's got six Super Bowl trophies and you're not bringing him in, it doesn't really send a signal that you're really trying to win. It was Bill Belichick's job to lose. He lost it. It is strange what's happened here. It is there, There's no getting around that. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. From superchargers, exhaust kits, and more, eBay Motors has over 122 million parts to keep your ride or die alive. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I mean, we have to admit, at the very least, Joe, that it is bizarre that Bill Belichick did not get closer on any of these jobs. Without question. I mean, we were talking about him being the top candidate for a handful of jobs, not just one. He got two interviews with one team and zero jobs. Not what was expected. Well, with everybody wondering that and why he hasn't gotten hired, we have done some extensive reporting and research, and we have an exclusive from one of his interviews. Hello, Coach Belichick. Uh, welcome to the interview. Let's get right into it. Good morning. Seen this many cameras since we signed Tebow. <laughs> Good one. We do have a big hiring committee, so some people are on camera for it. Are we on Snapface? Actually, it's a Zoom meeting, but uh, anyway, uh, let's just start with this. Why should you get this job? Yeah, I like football. I like football season and all the things that go with it. Okay, that's good. I mean, we all like football. Anything else to add? I don't have anything to add. Right. Okay, how about this? What do you say to those who say Tom Brady was the reason you won all those Super Bowls? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Right. Um, would you like to expand on that? I don't have anything to add. All right, moving on. Um, <clears throat> what would you bring to our team? Uh, I don't know. Really? Uh, that, that's, a, that's a little surprising. Don't worry about that. Right. Okay. Uh, I am a little worried about that. But then what's your plan for the quarterback position? He'll do what he can do. Yeah, okay. Um, do you have any specific players in mind then? I've told all the players the same thing. Be ready to go. Hopefully, they will be. Uh, okay, uh, what's your coaching philosophy then? I want everybody to be prepared. Okay, uh, a great place to start. Anything else to add? I don't have anything to add. Um, well, uh, we're in the middle of our interviews, and the timeline should be in a couple of weeks. One of us will be in touch with uh, the next steps. We're on to Cincinnati. I'm sorry, what? That job's not even open. I'm ready for Kansas City. Is there something that you know about, about Andy Reid that we don't? I'll let you know on Sunday. All right, let's just end it here. Thanks, Coach. Thanks for your time. Don't call us. We'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> the image of Handman interviewing Bill Belichick for a job. That's how just, that. That's how that would go. Yes. That, Bill would be very dismissive. He would be. <laughs> he would be quite dismissive. Handman, you're so excited asking some of those questions. <laughs> I, I tell you what, you sold it, Handman. You absolutely sold it in the bit. Your thoughts on your performance? Uh, I just like to thank. Uh, well, first off, I'd like to thank God. But um, <laughs> yep, got it. The Almighty and uh, family members. Yes, family and the members. Academy. The great Tim Thomas for coaching me and editing very well. Uh, yeah, Liam, yeah. great job with the right. You're only as good as a script, and Liam wrote a heck of a script. <laughs> Evan also also uh, contributed to that as well. So. It's, it wasn't me. It was, I was set up. I was set up to succeed. Thank I you. caught the tail end of this uh, 
confluence of genius yesterday as I walked by. Evan was saying something to Handman as I was on my way to another part of the building where it was like, was Bubba originally slated for this? Yes. But Bubba's voice is synonymous with Greenberg Greeny. Show, yeah. as you were telling him. So then you were saying, we need you to voice this. Yes. But I had no idea what you were talking This is what you guys were talking yeah. about. Yeah, they originally, <laughs> we do have the Bubba version. My yeah, my concern was if we aired the Bubba version, it, people would associate the bit with Greeny, and he would get all the credit. He's not even here today for work that we did. Wow. I was so wow. the performance was much better. Really we, going deep we felt on the concern so, there. <laughs> we, we felt so strongly about how great this bit was going to go that we were worried about where the credit was going to end up. <laughs> uh, the Belichick uh, stuff goes on forever, though. Those clips are going to be you, you, nicely done. Very nicely yes, done. I, I will absolutely <laughs> applaud the effort that was, up, that was put into that. An update, we, we didn't call him. We didn't call him. No, you guys didn't call him back? Nope. You found someone better for the job? We went so with he the didn't guy. make it to round two. <laughs> we went with the guy that uh, he blew a 28-3 lead against. <laughs> I will say, him, and you kind of led him down a certain road when you said, we'll be in touch with the next steps. Yeah. We'll let you know. That's telling somebody that, hey, you know, you could be involved here if you, oh, there are next steps. Okay. Yeah, but then I'll be the ready for that. But then Bill started talking about jobs that weren't even open yet. That might have changed Handman's mind. Maybe Handman was going to be in touch, and then he's like, "Well, I'm on a Cincinnati and Kansas City. Those yeah. jobs aren't even open." That makes you a little concerned about hiring the guy. Yeah, we all want to coach Joe Burrow, but it's not open. Zach Taylor's yeah. the coach. The Belichick's me, interested in Burrow and Mahomes. I, I'm yeah. not going to lie. Me too. Yeah, I, I I'm not going to lie here, Joe. Part of me is fascinated with the Handman performance. And how it would stack up against Bubba. Like, do you, I worked with Bubba extensively. I kind of think Handman would be better in this instance. Handman, you could you could sense the optimism and yes. excitement in his voice. Yes. It was a very, contrasted with Bill, very dour, very monotone. Handman was in there very excited with the questions. You could tell it was an, it was a, he knew it was a big opportunity that he was interviewing someone for such a, a marquee job and also a chance to speak with the living legend. You could tell it was not lost on him. Mm, mm. Evan, now that you have heard both, which would you think was the more superior product? Handman. Absolutely. Okay. He's got to back his boy. And I agree with that move. I agree with that move. Uh, we have As a little breaking should. news uh, taking place right now. I wanted to bring you up to speed on this. Carlin, can you hit the sounder please? Carlin versus Joe. Breaking news. What do you People got? like myself and the handman who are very disappointed right now. Mike Coppinger, ESPN, covers boxing for us here. Tyson Fury suffered a severe cut today while sparring that required stitches and his undisputed heavyweight championship fight with Oleksandr Usyk scheduled for February 17th in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia has been postponed, sources oh, wow. tell ESPN. That is a major bummer. Oh, wow. Major bummer. I think everyone was looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, listen. Tyson Fury is one of those rare guys who has completely changed the perception of him um, just through his actions over the last couple of years previous, uh, uh, compared to what he was previously, and I, I kind of enjoy him now. Big advocate for mental health. Yeah. Because he suffered significantly from depression, 
and myriad other issues. He has battled through it. He's put together a remarkable career, but he's also spoken publicly about his battles. And I think that inspires a lot of people out there to understand that if he's gone through this and he's found a way, I might be able to find a way too. So that, yeah. that, that I think is the bigger message with Fury. As for the fight, ugh, it was the first time we'd have an opportunity to unify all four belts in the four belt era at heavyweight. Yeah, man. I just, listen, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I am the lock-in boxing fan, but I'm the casual boxing fan, and that really bums me out. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 